It's good to see everyone here this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to sing the family of God and we'll sing through it twice as our call to worship this morning. day when we think family so much as we set aside a time to not only gather together at our church on a special time whether we call it homecoming decoration whatever name is given to it but also set aside on this day we call Mother's Day Lord we thank you for the mothers in our lives our grandmothers our aunts our big sisters our the, the figures in our lives that mold us and shape us into who we are well, Lord we thank you for them we ask your blessings on them in a special way today uh, Lord, I know I think that every day, but today especially. Lord, we thank you for the fact that we have this family of faith that we can gather with from week to week to grow, to encourage each other, to pray together, to worship together. And Lord, we gather today as a family of faith. And Lord, we realize that it is our privilege to do that, but Lord, we realize that you are our Father. And today we most of all, more than anything else, want to acknowledge you and worship you and be here as your people. So Lord, would you please unite our minds, unite our hearts today in worship. May you be honored with everything we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Good crowd here for, I don't know if you're here joining us for its, uh, and I don't know whether I'm supposed to call it decoration, homecoming, you know, each church has its own, and I think each person views it a little different, I don't know if I'm calling it that, or if you're just here today for Mother's Day, but whatever reason brought you here today, then I hope you settle in and be part of us and join with us today. If you're our guest, welcome, we're so happy to have you, and uh, you'll find that we're pretty easy to get, get along with, so when we pray, pray with us, when we sing, sing with us, when we study, study with us, sound good? That, uh, that would be our invitation to you. As we sang a moment ago, this is a family of faith and hope that you feel that and know that when you're here with us today. So, welcome. For, for those of you that are members, we expected you to be here, so I'm moving on. No, I'm just kidding. It's always good to see our family of faith every single Sunday. Um, I, I don't know about you, I, I'm still not so far forgetting of COVID yet that I've forgotten what it was like when I couldn't see my family of faith every week. So I'm I, I still very much grateful be, for being here with you on a week-to-week -week basis. So it's good to see you, brothers and sisters. Um, as far as announcements go,
I would just remind you that next Sunday, the, May the 15th, well, we're going to recognize our seniors. Uh, Ella and Devin will be recognized next week. Uh, graduating from high school is a big accomplishment. They've put in a lot of work, and so we will recognize them next week. We're going to make them wait another week for it. So <laughs> even though they're here, uh, we're still going to make them wait. Um, but we're going to do that next week. Maybe it's just that one of them happens to be mine, and I have to still conjure up a little courage to get this done without turning into a blubbering idiot, Devin. You know, I don't want to do that. So because um, it'll never, it, you know, you just, you just, you don't want me to do that. So anyway, uh, we will, uh, we'll do that next week, but this week obviously is our Mother's Day celebration, and so let me just say to all of our moms and grandmothers and great-grandmothers and the women in our lives that are so important and special to us, we thank God for you, we pray for you, we are blessed to have you in our lives, and so would you join me in congratulating all of them for being here today. Um, I, not only because of my mother and, and, and my grandmother and my wife and in my own life, not only there, but um, I, I think we could all admit and say this, but I don't know who I would be without the influence of those people in my life. And I'm sure you're the same way. So find some way today to bless those people, pray for them, support them. Uh, they are special to us. Any other announcements before we move on? All right, well, I invite you to continue to worship the Lord together in song. Brother Don's going to be happy because Mandy gets to do a little karachi today. She <laughs> said that the other night. So. <laughs> We're going to do the first and last verse of When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Everyone knows that one, so y'all sing out. lot of you are going to know it. You, you're not going to have your books, but you know I do, so that helps. No, I went on. That glad reunion day, what a glad day that will be when we're all together again. So Mandy's going to give us a little break between the first and the last verse, and that's when she gets to show out just a little bit. So y'all sing out this morning.
Now I'm going to ask all of you to have a seat. We're going to do a little special for y'all this morning. Be much in prayer for us as we sing In Christ Alone.
Amen? Amen. It is the power of Christ that makes it all possible, that is for sure. Well, you've probably noticed this um, on your sermon notes if you have a bulletin. If you'll please turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and find verse 13. This will be a familiar passage to many of you. And uh, I thought this would be very fitting today as we think about a day when we gather back at the church. I know as I pulled up this morning, there were so many people in cars uh, over at the cemetery. A lot of uh, fond memories, I'm sure, being shared. Uh, loved ones that we miss very much being remembered. And then, of course, us making our way in here and treasuring the people that are still here right here with us today. I don't know about you, but um, I have some folks that I'm looking forward to with a heavenly reunion. And a day like today reminds me of that, that this life is fleeting, and the people that we love we can't cling to forever, but that in Jesus we have a hope that endures. Amen? Amen? And not even death itself can extinguish that hope. Because we long for a glad reunion. We, if you notice, there was a theme in all of our music today. Okay? We are the family of God. We are looking forward to that day when we're all called up yonder. And if you notice the last song, we're going to do that together. Because it is a glad reunion day. And First Thessalonians is one of those few passages in Scripture that gives us a glimpse of what that day will be. Now, there's not a lot of details. I wish I could tell you exactly. Some of our minds are flooded probably with questions. What will it be like? When will it happen? How will it look? I, I don't have all the specifics. The, we, the good and godly people disagree on that because the Bible isn't uh, specific in some of those details. But the more important details that we need to know are given to us. As you've heard me say before, standing right here, the Bible doesn't tell us everything there is to know or everything we want to know, but it does tell us everything we need to know. And this is one of those places when it tells us that this reunion day in Jesus is coming, and it's very important. It's important to us, just as it was important to them way back when. And I can prove it to you. Because if you look at the very first verse in our passage today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. Now, we know that they're not literally in the bed asleep. Sleep was a metaphor for death. And they used it that way because it was more, as we would say today, people pass away. It's just a little softer than saying someone has died. The same thing then. They're asleep in Jesus rather than saying they've died. This is not some weirdo concept like soul sleep. It's just a metaphor. So Paul says these people have gone on to be with the Lord, and we don't want you to be uninformed about their fate or your fate either, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. See, the thing is, we all grieve. Jesus grieved, did he not? Do you remember Lazarus? Two words in a verse. Jesus what? wept. And so much so that the people who were standing by said, wow, look how much he loved his friend. I bet we've all been there a time or two. Just like Jesus. There's nothing wrong with grief. Jesus experienced grief. But it would be wrong for us to have a hopeless grief. Because in Jesus, our hope is alive and well. Amen? And so that's what we want this to be today is an encouraging message for us to realize that the hope that we have in Jesus is eternal. And even though we go through those times when we lose, in Jesus, we've always gained. 
And all that we lose now will one day be restored and even better than just being restored. And so Paul says, look, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know what's happening now and I want you to understand what's going to happen one day in Jesus. You may know that among the early Christians, there was this belief, and I can certainly understand why, there was this belief that Jesus was going to go back to heaven, and within a very, very short period of time, he was going to return and end it all and do what he claimed to. They all assumed that within a matter of weeks or months or years, but certainly in their lifetimes, Jesus would make good on the promises. He would return almost somewhat immediately. And as the days and weeks and months and years begin to pass, questions begin to pop up, and people began to play on those emotions and tell the Christians Jesus was wrong. It's not going to happen the way you think. Are you sure about this? They began to manipulate people because of their emotions. Can you, can, can you see that? I could. And so Paul says, listen, your hope is well placed. I don't want you to be uninformed, and I'm so glad. This is too important to us for there not to be some information. And so I want to give you four big pieces of, uh, of information this morning from this text that remind us that our hope is eternally secure, not only for ourselves, but for those that we have lost, or perhaps one day could lose, but have shared that faith that we have in Jesus. Number one, our heavenly reunion depends on union with Christ. We understand today that we don't get a heavenly reunion just because we want one. We only have a heavenly reunion because Jesus gives it to us. Amen? Amen? That is important to realize. So often in culture, you'll hear a song that sounds so good, and then you realize the person who sings it, there's no background. How did this happen? You'll talk to someone that does not share that faith in Jesus, but longs for that reunion. You hear people share sentiment, and that's all it is. Sentiment. Well, I don't know about you. But I don't want my heavenly hopes hung on sentiment. I want my heavenly hopes hung on fact. Anybody else? And the fact is, Jesus died and rose again for us. The fact is, Jesus anchors our hope. And so notice, according to Paul, our heavenly hope is only as good and as strong and as sure as the work of Jesus. All right? Go in, and that's pretty sure, isn't it? Amen? All right? So now notice here if we verse 14. For if, and I would say to you, that is a man-sized if. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. If our hope for us to claim this glad reunion day must be anchored in the work of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can give us entrance into heaven. Only Jesus can bring with them those who are gone. Only Jesus can reunite us together one day and keep us together forever as our hearts so long for. And they do, by the way. What puts that there? Have you ever thought of that? In our hearts, there is this longing when death comes to say, this isn't right. This isn't good. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to end like this. Have you ever experienced that? There's an, a frustration, almost an anger, when a loved one dies. 
Why did he, why did she have to go? Now, I know I'm, I'm on some pretty delicate ground. But I bet you've experienced it. Why is that there? Because we were built to live forever. We were made to experience eternity. You may be here today and you have never considered a personal relationship with Jesus. And yet in your experiences life, of life, you can think of the very thing I'm talking about. It is there in you because God made you to know him and live forever. That longing is there to not be separated. To be together. To live. Right? The way to respond to that is not to be frustrated or angry, but in faith. To embrace Jesus who died and rose again. To break the curse. We just sang about it. To break the curse so that it has no more power over you. Amen? Only Jesus can do that. He said it himself, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will live even if you die. And so if you live and believe in me, you never really die. I think back to the people I've lost. I don't think they're gone. They are gone from here, but they're not gone. I have people I long to see again. You may say, that's, that's sentimental, brother man. You're being a softy. Well, that's your opinion. I think it is that longing that God put in me to live together forever in him. Amen. And I long to see that fulfilled, don't you? That's not sentiment. You know what that is? That is hope well placed. Paul says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, he will bring those with him for a glad reunion when he returns. And I'll say more about that in a few minutes, okay? To kind of wrap this up, though, if you'll skip down to verse 17, he has talked here about Jesus returning. And then listen to this verse. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Remember, he is bringing those with him who has died in him. And now together we are caught up. But watch this. So shall we always be with the Lord. The one thing I would caution you about today, please do not, I don't want to play on your emotions. My primary reason for receiving Jesus is not to see someone again. My primary reason for receiving Jesus is so that my sin is forgiven and I can live forever and know him. The other is a blessing that comes in relationship with him. But my first priority is my relationship with him. Amen? Amen? So please understand that what makes everything possible that I speak of today is union with Jesus. If you've reached that point in your life where you've never trusted him, but you are ready to do it, boy, I pray today is the day for you. I cannot imagine what you're waiting on. Name me something, anything, that would be worth putting off your relationship with Jesus. I'm waiting. Still waiting. Nothing is more important than that. Amen? Amen? So if you have not, could I just say, hey, today's the day.
Number two, our heavenly reunion occurs when Christ returns. We don't have all the specifics here, and I realize there are differences of opinion on exactly how these things will kind of come to play out at the end of time, and so I'm not going to get into all of that. But I will say here it is very clear that when Jesus returns, we experience our reunion in him. Go back to verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Now let me ask you, if you are bringing something with you, what is the suggestion there? Aren't you going somewhere? You go on a trip. Do you bring anything with you? Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, I realized real quick when my kids were little, and it's Mother's Day, so moms, you'll appreciate this. I realized real quick when the kids were little, it wasn't so easy to go anywhere anymore. We had to bring all kind of stuff with us. We had three strollers in the back. We had diaper bags. We had car seats. We had messes and towels for the messes. And I mean, we, you, you're moving anytime you go anywhere when you got three kids. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay. So the thing is, if you are bringing, you are going. Does everybody agree? So this suggests Jesus is going somewhere. We know now he is seated at the right hand of God. He is in heaven. He is not on earth in bodily form. But we know that scripture predicts that he will return to this place. And when he does, some things are going to happen and happen quick. It says here he is bringing them, everyone who right now has passed away in him. I'm looking forward to that. Amen? Amen? You say, Brother Ben, explain more to... I don't know that I can explain it a whole lot more, but I'll tell you, when you put it like that, count me in. That's where I'm at with it. But there is a little more here. Keep going into verse 15. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord. And by the way, if you go back to Matthew 24, 25, he talked about this. Jesus was very specific on some of these things. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming or the arrival. The word is parousia in the Greek, and it really means he's arrived. That's the idea. It was used of a king who was returning, say, to his city or his castle or his wherever country in those days, or a general or an army returning. It was a parousia, an arrival. And that has always been the best word to put there. I don't like the word coming because there's a lot of ways that could be interpreted. But the arrival makes it clear. Until the arrival of the Lord will not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Kind of tells you what's happening, doesn't it? He's bringing them, meaning he's going somewhere. And this verse tells us where he's going. He is descending from heaven. Where's the only place he's going? He's coming back. Just as the Bible said he would. Now, I don't know when that's going to be. You don't know when that's going to be. And I can promise you no one else does either because the Bible doesn't tell us. And so as, uh, the next time you are in the bookstore and conveniently see the book that tells you when Jesus is going to return... Please don't waste your money. No one knows. Jesus told us that even in his earthly life, he chose to refrain. No one knows that day or that hour, not the angels, not even the Son. The Father has it alone. If Jesus can say it, the author you're buying isn't worth wasting your money on. Amen? But what we do know 
is that it is going to happen. It's not a question of if, a question of when. What a beautiful day it would be today if we met Jesus. What a beautiful day. What a glad day. When you sang it earlier, did you mean it? What a glad day it would be if Jesus were to return on this beautiful spring day. And it could happen before we lay down our heads tonight. Amen? That is our longing. That is our hope. And so could I ask you, is your life right with the Lord? Are you absolutely certain you have a personal relationship with him? Are you walking close and walking clean? Knowing he could return at any moment should change our perspective on how we live. Amen? If you don't believe me, then when you go home today and you've got some time, keep reading into chapter 5, and Paul's going to discuss just exactly that. Okay? He's going to build right off of this if you want to spend some more time there. So our heavenly reunion occurs when Jesus returns, however that looks when it happens. Number three, our heavenly reunion celebrates resurrection victory. Again, we sang about it today in Christ alone, right? He burst from the grave. Death could not hold life. And this is the ultimate celebration of resurrection victory. How do we see it? Oh, the wording is so specific. It is so joyous. I want you to see it. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven And notice there are four descriptors here. I'll read it and then we're going to look at them one by one. With a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. First phrase, okay? So with a shout. Why do we shout? Maybe we're scared. Maybe we hurt. Maybe we're surprised. What's another reason we shout when we are happy? When we rejoice. Why do we think of shouting in church? Okay, you say, because my kid's misbehaving. No, 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 no. It could happen, but no. We shout in church because we shout a victory. We shout in church because we're happy. We shout in church because we are trying to give some praise to God. We shout in church because we're expectant. In the Old Testament, this is very Old Testament imagery, they would shout when they saw the people returning. They would shout when good things happen. We have our own worship traditions, I realize, but if I could be honest with you, if we were to transplant ourselves somehow into an Old Testament worship situation right now, every one of us would be like, what is this? (laughs) It would be very loud. There would be shouting. I mean, the shout. It's almost like someone is going to, or a chorus of someone's shout, he's back. I'll lift my voice for that. How about you? Amen. Notice the second thing, with the voice of the archangel. This is, of course, prophesied in Scripture that the angels will herald not only Christ's first advent, but they will also herald his return. Amen. The highest archangel in glory will give the shout, it's time. Jesus is here. The third thing, the trumpet of God. Old Testament imagery again. Can you think of, can you picture back to those Old Testament battle scenes when the trumpets would play? Or the worship celebrations when the trumpets would play? Or the gathering of the people when the trumpets would play? The trumpet of God was always that summons. It is as if we are being called together 
because Jesus is here. And if we've ever been called together for anything, that's worth gathering for. We know the Bible tells us when he returns, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess yours, mine, everyone's. We will all know Jesus as Lord on that day. I'm looking forward to it. The trumpet of God. And then finally, this resurrection victory, the dead in Christ will rise first. Notice he's already told us that those of us who are alive and remain will not precede anyone who's gone on. Precede does not mean order of happenings, but simply more important. No one of Jesus' children is more important than the other. Those who have gone on awaiting that day, they're not less important, they're not more important. Those who remain and happen to be here on that day, we're not less important, we're not more important. We are all saved by the grace of Jesus. And at, that, at, the, at the ground at the foot of the cross, as you've heard me say, it's always level. We all need Christ. And we all receive Christ, those of us who are his, when he returns. That's the amazing thing here. It's a celebration we all get to share in equally. Now let me ask you this. Do we all experience Jesus in exactly the same way? No. Some people have great challenges and experience Jesus in amazing ways. Some people experience great victories and experience Jesus in entirely different ways. I don't know about you, but there are seasons in my life when I relate to the Lord in entirely different ways. When it's a victorious season, my walk with Jesus is different than when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Agree? But on that day, we all get to celebrate together. Now that's a reunion we all want to be part of. Amen? Amen. Celebrate together in Jesus. Number four, our heavenly reunion will last forever in his presence. That's amazing. I don't know about you, but the times I am able to see my family, and it just seems like there are fewer and fewer of us, uh, but I think it's that the younger generations, maybe I don't know as well because we're a bit scattered, but I think of those I grew up with, those I remember from when I was younger. There are fewer and fewer of us. And when we do get together, it's like we hardly ever do it. And when we do, it's rushed. Does anybody ever just feel the same way? Like, you probably would say the same thing in your family, I bet. When do we see each other? Reunions and funerals. Okay? And I hate that. I don't like that. But it just seems like it's life. I think of the holidays when family come home. A few days, got to go back, got to get to work. Never long enough, is it? Vacation. Anybody's vacation ever feel like it's over too soon? It's not just the, it's just not, it's not the week away for me. It's the week away with everybody. We're together. And it's over. When we get to this reunion, we are never parted again. Never parted again. Amen? This is a reunion that will last forever. And oh, by the way, the nature of this reunion will be different too. Notice the verses. If you'll go to verse 17, 
Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the idea is he doesn't even get to earth. He summons everyone to him as he is coming to earth. We meet the Lord in the air and we will always be with the Lord. Look at that word. Always together with the Lord. Two, two very important things there. Always together and always together with the Lord. You know, this is meant to be a joyous thing. Some of you are thinking different thoughts, I think, when I talk about vacations and family reunions and holiday visits. Some of y'all are thinking a couple days is all I can stand. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's be honest in God's house, right? Some of y'all are thinking, yeah, it's great when they get there and great when we pass out the gifts and great when we have the meal. And then all them kids get to run around the house and breaking stuff. And then, and then the cousins start fighting. And then, you know, does that ever happen? Hey, you ought to be at our stuff. I mean, Angel and I have said for years, when we got married, the Clampets married the Griswolds. Okay? So, I mean, it just, it, we're a different bunch when we get together, I'm telling you. Okay? And about a day of it, and they leave, and Angel's like, you feeling the same? I look like, you feeling the same? And we're both like, whoo. Um, we survived. You know, them people weird. They cannot have our blood in their veins. I mean, you ever feel like that? Notice the whole nature of this is different. There's a joy to this. There's a happiness to this. There's a finality to this that says this is what we've been longing for. If I can't prove it to you already, how about verse 18? Therefore, comfort one another with these words. How do we start? Back in verse 13. We don't want you to be uninformed about your loved ones who are gone. It's too important. It's too big of a question. When you've lost someone like that that you love, it's not something you want to wonder about. You pray for a certain answer. Paul says, I want you to know. And then at the end he says, now that you know, share it. Comfort one another. Live like it's true. And I would say this, all jokes about our families. And that wasn't all a joke when I said mine. Um, love the people God gives you. Let stuff go. Don't be bitter. Life is too short. Amen? We have in Jesus a hope that not even death can take away. But understand, it is a hope, forgive me for saying it, that sentiment doesn't capture. That your favorite 80s song just can't do justice to. It is a hope, we got to be specific, that is only ours in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you know him today, would you please celebrate with me? If you don't, I'm asking you to consider today. Letting go. Stepping out. Being courageous. And saying, Lord, I'm asking you, to forgive me of my sin. To take it all away. I want to be yours. I want you to be mine. I want the hope that I've heard about today.
If that's you, I pray today is the day. God, I thank you for this simple passage of Scripture that reassures us of the hope that we have in you. No circumstance, no tragedy, no loss, no heartache, not even death itself can take this away because Jesus broke death for us. But Lord, I don't assume today that that means that we all know you. If there is anyone here today that does not have a saving relationship with you, would you please give that person the courage to set everything aside and receive you today as Savior and Lord. And for those of us that do, Lord, may we take our eyes a moment off circumstance and just put them on you. May we focus on you and receive all the joy and the hope and the security that you died and rose again to give us. And may we treat each other and cherish each other like that is true. God, especially today, would you remind us that this is not the end. That as you've told us, there is something wonderful coming for us. Please give us the courage and the perseverance to cling to you as we work toward that day and to bring as many with us as we possibly can. I ask you today, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand together? Our hymn of invitation, you won't even need the screen. It's Amazing Grace. And I'm going to ask you to sing it like you mean it. If there is a need in your heart, if you have anything you need to respond to, if you have questions, I would love to help you. If you just need to pray, our altar will be open. But let's respond as we sing together.
Amen. I want to say again to all our moms and uh, the ladies in our lives, we love you. We thank God for you. We pray today that you know how appreciated that you are. And we pray you just have a blessed day in the Lord today. Any word before we go? Yes, ma'am. We've already been praying for you. We keep praying for you. We will. Anyone else? I'd like to share something. It's not easy. Mother's Day is hard a lot of times for those who have lost mothers. It's even harder for mothers who lost children. But praise God for those children that were raised in church and accepted Jesus and we know where they are. Please don't believe here today if you don't know the Lord. We're all promised to know Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, Miss Joan. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Uh, remember, next week is kind of also a special week for us, and we invite you to be here for that as well. Um, praise God that though we grieve, ours is not a hopeless grief. It is a grieving hope that our hope in Jesus is eternally secure. If someone who loves the Lord can say that, then I believe it's true. Brother Don, would you dismiss us today? Father, we do rejoice today in the knowledge and the hope we have through your amazing grace that there is coming that precious, everlasting, heavenly reunion. Today, Heavenly Father, we pray that we might rejoice in it every day. That we might rejoice and live our lives every day as if today would be that day that you would come and receive us unto yourself. That where you are, there we will be also. But Heavenly Father, today the most important thing of all is not our rejoicing and our living every day expectant, but Father, the most important thing for everyone today is that they make sure that they're prepared for that heavenly reading. Thank you for this good message. Help us to continue to rejoice in it. We'll be careful, Lord, to thank you. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Amen.